So we've all gotten to experience our Christmas pageant, the nativity, the excitement of the season came, and now we're in today's passage uh, in Matthew chapter 2. We see that Jesus had a lovely welcome into the world, a silent night, a holy night. But as soon as the scene ends, that as soon as the lights go down on that uh, beautiful, picturesque image, uh, Jesus is under attack. And today's passage expresses what happened right after the nativity scene. It says, Now after they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there, uh, remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night, and went to Egypt, and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, out of Egypt I have called my son. <clears throat> when Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was infuriated, and he sent and uh, killed all the children uh, in, uh, in and around Bethlehem who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had learned from the wise men. This fulfilled what had been spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, wailing in loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled because they are no more. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who were seeking the child's life are dead. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And after being warned in a dream, he went to the district of Galilee. There he had made uh, his home in a town called Nazareth, so that, he, uh, so that what had been spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled. He will be called a Nazarene. Here ends our reading. So some of my resolutions for the new year are to, you know, lose 10 pounds, maybe 20, but we'll start with 10. Uh, It's to read more consistently. I put on my phone every day to read 10 pages. Do you know in 30 days how many pages that is? 300. You could be knocking out books. Uh, So I want to do that more. And I want to start accomplishing some of the projects I've been putting off Uh, I should start today. I could have started yesterday. But, uh, you know, on January 1st, 2020, I I just want to take it easy until that day actually comes. Because on January 1st, 2020, everything's going to change. This is the year. This is the year. I can't fail. On January 1st, you'll see me at the gym, at the Y. You know, you'll see me briskly walking up and down the avenue. You'll see me at CFCF, the coffee shop, reading. And you'll see me writing more blogs and posting on my social media platform so I can build that empire. January 1st is going to be the day. But you know what happens, right? It's 10.30 at night. You know that your wife bought strawberry ice cream. It's in the freezer. It's calling me, but I can't, I can't, I can't do it. 
The next day, my reminder to go read 10 pages goes off, and, you know, I'm kind of tired. I'm not in the mood. The temptation to not follow through with it is there. You know, the next day, I'll want to write, but I'll have, you know, writer's block, like all writers always have, uh, and just say it's not worth my time. I, 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 I could be doing something else. You know, the new year represents a fresh start for a lot of people, new beginnings, new adventures, and some other people are so jaded by it all, they're, they're like, don't even talk to me about resolutions. I just went to see the new Star Wars movie. Don't worry, there's no spoilers coming. I took my daughter, I don't know if you've ever been to the Poor Chester movie theater with the leather recliner seats. They bring, you could order the food before I saw Jen there. They were seeing Star Wars that too, yeah. And uh, you don't even have to wait in line anymore. You go there. These seats are so comfortable that it actually makes me uncomfortable to be that comfortable out in public. You know, I'm watching Star Wars, and you feel like Luke Skywalker, the whole movie. You know, you're, And then the lights come on. You're laying there covered in popcorn, and I feel like Jabba the Hutt. I don't... But you go to these movies, and you know what to expect, especially with Star Wars. It's the perennial battle for the universe. There's good and there's evil. There's the force and the dark side. You know, Luke Skywalker is the protagonist. Darth Vader, the antagonist. In the new movie, they have a a, a girl. uh, She's a female Jedi. She represents the good. And the villain is Kylo Ren. That's like the new Darth Vader for anybody. This is a good lesson in catching up everybody with culture. Uh, so in all these movies, you meet the hero. Typically, they come from a humble, you know, like a farm. They're like nice, you know, quiet Superman member, Clark Kent. Uh, they're the hero, but they don't know it yet. Be, they feel like this calling, right, for something more. But they can't leave because they got to take care of mom and dad. they got to take care of the farm. So something's calling them, but they know they'd have to leave the past behind. In 1988, one of the most popular television shows in the history of public television was The Power of Myth. Bill Moyers interviews the author Joseph Campbell, who wrote the book A Hero with a Thousand Faces. The book shows how ancient myths were structured. His observation led him to notice a certain pattern in all ancient mythological stories. And he outlines this pattern and calls it the hero's journey. His argument is that myths and even modern stories today employ the use of this structure, this hero's journey. Uh, the 1988 series can be found on Netflix. You can watch it today. So, or even better, when you're doing nothing on New Year's Day, you can binge watch this whole series. Then call me, because I'd love to get your feedback on it. We could go for coffee and, while I'm trying to write over at CFCF. And this is important because uh, you'll see, if religion is worth anything, right? if it has any value, it has to actually help you. If it doesn't actually help you, then it's like an accessory. You know, if I'm not doing anything, I guess I'll go to church. 
Religion becomes very optional if you don't use it. The way we look at the Bible, we look at it as a book of history. Sometimes the facts and the details don't line up with what we know to be true today. But I think if we look at it just as a book of history, we're limiting its potential uh, power for us. What if we used the Bible as a look into the human mind, into the human experience? Might we see something more than just antiquated fiction and fantastic stories? Is there something deeper in this book? Today I want to look at the story of Jesus from his birth, death, and resurrection, all in a... I will not keep you long. Joseph Campbell noticed that certain structures were used in ancient times to tell stories. And I actually, when I was reading through the gospel, I noticed that this structure actually existed within Jesus' biography. Joseph Campbell believes that every hero's journey starts with a departure. The hero has to leave the comfort of what is normal. And many mythological tales, many ancient stories start like this. So I chose some very broad examples, very accessible. You know Aladdin, right? The story, the Disney movie Aladdin. The princess, the the heroine, what does she have to do before she starts her journey? She has to leave the palace. When she leaves the palace, when she sees that there's more outside the walls, when she goes outside, that was when her adventure starts. Aladdin, the, the hero, he has to leave the street life and actually go to the palace. So in all the hero's tales, it doesn't matter how rich or poor you are. uh, It just matters that you have to leave your home. The Buddha has to leave his home and go outside of the palace in order for his adventure to start. Jesus is, we're going to see, going to be following this same structure. The nativity scene we just celebrated at Christmas tells the story of Jesus' birth. It sets the stage for the reader. This is a very special child. But why is Jesus special? Do you ever wonder why is Jesus special? We see that Jesus is welcomed into the world. For some people, the wise men, the shepherds, they're happy that Jesus is coming into the world. And then there's some people that are not happy Herod, and we find that in today's chapter, Herod and the powers that be, the religious establishment, wants to actually get rid of him. But Jesus is a child in this story. He's oblivious to everything going on, so he doesn't know uh, the turmoil. It's when Jesus meets John the Baptist that everything changes for Jesus. Up till this point, Jesus had been living as a carpenter. He had brothers and sisters. He went to work every day and built his cabinets. Uh, When John makes the announcement, John's this popular preacher, and he's going around uh, teaching a kind of different version of Judaism. Uh, Jesus hears him say this, somebody greater, if you think that I'm a good preacher, somebody greater is coming after me. And when Jesus hears this, he awakens to this unique call 
to pursue God as a child of God, as a son of God, rather than just a religious devotee. Joseph Campbell then writes about how the hero, after they've departed their home, they will have to undergo an initiation. There will be some kind of testing that will attempt to dissuade the hero to continue on their journey. My mom didn't think the military would be good for me. Uh, She knows that I like my bed, that I like my mom's food, that I like staying in a local area. I don't like to leave. Uh, She knows I like normal. And when I was 15, I knew I wanted to be a pastor, but I didn't know how I would actually do that. I didn't come from a family who went to school. Uh, I didn't know how I would ever become a pastor, but I knew this. I had to leave home. I had to leave New York. I had to begin the adventure of my own life. And it wasn't easy because of my initiation phase. There I was on my way to Cape May, New Jersey for Coast Guard boot camp. And I thought, oh, this will be fun and interesting, maybe a little exciting and challenging. As soon as I got on the bus, the drill sergeant looked right at me in the eye and said, don't eyeball me. Don't look at me in the eye. I didn't understand this. I had my headphones on and my Mets hat on backwards, and that all changed very quickly. Uh, But it really was clear to me when the drill sergeant just flat out told me my worst nightmares are going to become reality. Uh, This is when I wished I could go back home. I no longer wanted to continue on this journey. In the Bible, Jesus is called to follow God by leaving home. He leaves home, and it says that he was immediately put out into the wilderness and tempted for 40 days and 40 nights. Jesus had to overcome a series of trials that all had to deal with what a Messiah would struggle with. You know, the Messiah complex. Jesus has to go through all these temptations that really have to do with power and him uh, depending on God throughout his mission and not on himself. There were many times I wanted to quit in boot camp, and there were quite a few people that did end up quitting. Leaving the old ways of things is hard, but Campbell says that all heroes must undergo this initiation phase in some way, shape, or form. You're not guaranteed to have success, but you have to go through with it. The next part is, uh, you know, King Arthur has Merlin. You know, the fair, uh, Cinderella has the fairy godmother. Uh, the Karate Kid has Mr. Miyagi. Uh, all heroes on their journey will need a guide. And this could be a physical guide, a, a spiritual guide, uh, a supernatural guide. Uh, there's a part in Star Wars when Luke had completed his Jedi training He has to blow up the Death Star, and he only gets one shot. It's like the most impossible shot ever. He's on his plane, and he's about to put on his targeting system when he hears a voice. Use the force, Luke. Use the force, he hears from from beyond. And he takes off the mask, and he trusts the voice from within. It's the voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi, 
And Campbell says that all heroes have a mentor, a guide. With Jesus, we see he is constantly being guided by somebody. It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit for Jesus plays the exact role as mentor. In the life of Jesus, Jesus tells his disciples uh, that he's going to give them the same mentor. Um, And he describes this spirit guide uh, in John John chapter 14 saying, but the advocate who the Father will send in my name will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said. The next start of the hero's journey is they'll have to cross some threshold. This is the point in the adventure. Uh, This is the the point where the hero has fully embarked on the adventure. Uh, There's no turning back. Uh, In Beauty and the Beast, we hear a similar story. Gaston, the handsome man, he of the town represents normality for Belle. Belle knows that if she marries him, that she'll never start her own adventure and be stuck in this provincial life that she sings about. She has to leave home. She has to go to the beast castle. And when she does this, this is the threshold. She has crossed the threshold. It's the point of no return. Jesus, too, will face a threshold. You know, the moment he starts preaching out loud, publicly, is the moment he begins to preach as somebody guided by the Holy Spirit. Now, the religious establishment likes somebody guided by the doctrines and dogmas of the institution. They don't want somebody going off the cuff and saying that they're directly hearing from God because that's the point in which the establishment loses its ability to control you. So in the next part of the phase uh, of the hero's journey, the hero journey will find some friends, Robin Hood, and finds his what? His merry band. Did he find this before he set out on his journey? No, after. Because you're going to need some friends to go along with you on this uh, daring journey, on this wild adventure. So what does Jesus do when he starts his ministry? He gets his merry band. He gets some disciples. And they all are kind of diff- have different personalities. But this is, uh, this is the hero's journey. He's going to need some friends uh, for the trip. But along the way, he's going to make some enemies. And these enemies are going to be an obstacle for him uh, getting to his, uh, his destination. And along the way, the hero will encounter a... In mythological stories, and ancient stories, they always had this image of a dragon, of a serpent. In the Hebrew Bible, they identify the serpent, and Jesus represents the serpent as Satan, as the giant snake, this, this creature that wants to destroy you. But in mythological tales, the dragon represented your greatest fear, and the dragon was blocking you from getting to... Uh, blocking you from getting to to the reward. So, in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus is going to face his dragon, and he's going to face the thing he fears the most, which is, will he follow through with God, even if it takes him to the cross? And he says in that garden, I don't know, Mitch, 
I know I'm pretty far into the journey, but maybe, if possible, can I pass this cup from you? Can, can we kind of maybe try something different? So he's tempted to give up on his own journey. Campbell says that if the hero can overcome, if they can defeat the dragon, if they can face their fears, they will have found the reward. And Joseph Campbell says that this is the reward, uh, that to follow your bliss and the universe will open doors for you where there were only walls. The hero, while on the adventure, had left a home, overcome temptations, faced enemies, gained friends, crossed thresholds. All of these trials would have led the adventurer to the dragon that blocks the treasure. Jesus says that where your heart is, there your treasure will be. Campbell says that unless the person, unless the hero goes on the adventure, they will never discover who they are. The adventure is this process of you discovering who you are on the journey, that you didn't know who you were until you embarked. Jesus, while on his journey, had come to some conclusions. The world may have disagreed that Jesus was the Son of God. The disciples weren't even sure if he was the one. Some of us today might not be fully convinced, but the person that knew he was the Son of God was Jesus, and there was nothing that was going to tell him otherwise. Because Jesus realized that unless the hero finds this reward, finds out who they really are, they cannot truly be happy. Jesus doesn't run from the cross. He faces it. He knows that this pursuit he's on will lead him down this road. His disciples want to resist this. Jesus tells them not to. Stories of myth have heroes who must face an encounter with death. Death is the enemy of all human beings. In myth stories, heroes face death, and the story of Jesus is no different. He will face death. And when he does, we'll find that his faith, his commitment to his calling leads him to this resurrection, this new life. The hero has overcome all their fears, all their hopes, and even conquered death. Lastly, Campbell says that on the hero's journey, the resurrected hero who has overcome everything now has an elixir, and he brings that back to his uh, followers. And Jesus is the one who comes back from death and tells all his disciples that the way to life is to follow him. What does that mean? He challenges them to pursue their own hero's journey. He tells them, you're going to have to leave your home. You're going to go through trials and tribulation. Snakes are going to try to attack you, but you have to overcome. Jesus was inviting them to embark on their own hero's journey. The Bible is an ancient book of myths and stories that speak to something much deeper than the surface of human life. Myth speaks to the soul. Back in ancient times, myth was greater than fact. This was known in the ancient world because the gods were in charge of everything. 
and human life, we were kind of the subjects of the gods. It was insignificant. So the way they wrote was actually using myth. So they 100% employed this kind of structure in their writing. Looking at the Bible in light of Joseph Campbell's observation of ancient myths and how they were written shows us that even in other cultures, they have stories that also speak to stories just like ours, that speak to the deep questions of life. In those books, you'll find stories of heroes and heroines going on adventures, and the hero discovers who they are, starting with little babies like Jesus, starting with young kings like David, all the way to Abraham and Sarah, who started their journey, their adventure, when they were 100 years old. Jesus is just one of many stories like these. I think that this year, maybe we can start the year off by watching the Netflix series uh, by Bill Moyer and Joseph Campbell on Netflix. Uh, I think that will give some perspective and some more depth to this uh, sermon. I also think when you read the Bible, you know, a lot of people say they're going to start reading the Bible with the new year. But look at that thing. That, I mean, that's a big book to start reading. I mean, imagine carrying that on the train. But if we come to it, sometimes it's intimidating, but if we come to it saying, are there stories in here that speak to the human condition, speak to the human experience? You know, some of the facts and the details might trip us up, but is it speaking to the human experience? And you will see this over and over. You may have, those people are 2,000 plus years away from us, but you'll find that their story is very similar, this kind of hero's journey that uh, we're all being invited into. What is uh, calling you in 2020? What is it that you want to achieve? Uh, what is your adventure going to be? The journey, the, the story of Jesus is the story of a person going on a journey. Jesus invites us to set sail on our own, let the Spirit be our guides, and to seek the treasure our hearts are yearning for. Amen.